Alright, so let's talk movies. Woohoo! I love doing countdowns, of course. And, yeah, you're uh, list. Yeah, I love doing lists. And so, I don't know why I got to think... For, for some reason, I got to thinking about the movie Repo Man recently. And it got yeah. me to thinking, well, would I put Repo Man, like, in my top ten? Like, where would I rank that in my movies? And then, I don't know. So, yeah. anyhow, this led to this whole idea that I needed to do a movie list for myself. Okay. And we, we talked about this some on the Heath Post. But the way I approached it was I, I made different categories, comedies, drama, sci-fi, right. thriller, action, blah, blah, blah. Ranked movies and that stuff, or at least just found movies that I could put in those categories that I right. thought would fit, and then tried to pick out a top ten from those. Yeah. So that was my approach. And All I right, so. and I did what you were talking about, too. I did a lot of these, like, top 100 lists just yeah. to see movies listed and think, oh, yeah, I like yeah. that movie. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. I ended up not doing that. I did not go to the list. What I did was confine myself to my Netflix history, which counts for everything fairly recent, and then what I actually purchased, which counts for everything like before then. Right. And and then I did a top of the head list and sort of like piled those up. And what I ended up with was and I and I very much this is the question that I had for you. Were you trying to come up with what you believe to be the ten best movies? Or your ten favorite movies. My ten favorite movies. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely yeah. not best. No, I mean, right. no. <laughs> I went. I went totally for favorite. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, no. This is a totally like my. Li- I thought we'd stop at ten or start at ten. One of us will start, and then if we, you know, if you have the same movie in your list, then we can talk about that. But so um, okay, the only thing I would say about that is is that I was going to suggest like we do your list, and then maybe we do my list. And but it, I mean you can you can choose how we do it. The only thing is that I do hard stop at thirty minutes because I got to get into my daughter. It, um, we got a family thing, and now I got to be the one who goes into school and sets up for a Christmas. Oh, fine. I think we can do this pretty quick. Okay, great. So we'll do. I, I let's go back and forth. I All right, like that, that for fun. some reason. So my number ten movie is High Noon. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, All right, you've seen High Noon, right? Uh, no, I don't think I ever have. Oh. I think now, Eric, you would like High Noon. Okay, great. Uh, yep. It's 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 not a. I mean, it's a western, yeah. but it's a moral play, is really what it is. Right. Um, right. So yeah, you should check that out. If you've not seen High Noon, it's worth. It's definitely worth watching. Okay. Yeah, everything I've ever heard about it is it's great, and I've seen clips of it, which are very good. So yeah, I like it that it looks very much like a uh, like a stage. Play, it, it feels like a made-for-TV movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but with like Gary Cooper and uh, you know great actors. So yeah, right. Okay, so uh, so do you want to say anything about it else about it? No, that's it. It's just okay. a great movie. So my number eleven. See, I've already broken the rules. My number eleven. I did this one just for you because I wanted to include one of these movies since you mentioned it last week. So <laughs> a made-for-TV movie from 1980, and it's called A Christmas Without Snow. <laughs> and and so I'll count it as my number 11 and the deal is in this movie I think that CBS was trying to launch a pilot like they were trying to launch a show out of it right. and what it is is that Michael Arnott who's the woman who has played Olivia Walton on the Walton show okay so that shows uh, wow I know this okay and you know John Houseman who was in the fame movie but not the fame TV show but you know John Houseman right uh, Anyway, okay, so they're the two big stars in it. And the deal is, is that she is a divorced 
Um, I can't remember if she's a widow or a divorce. She's but a any divorced event, woman moves to a new city with her child, trying to build her life again. There you go. And she moves from, I think, Colorado to San Francisco. And her son stays back with her mom. And she, like, ends up finding this church that she sings in. And John Houseman's the choir director. And anyway, there's all these, like, interweaving stories. And I think sure. what they were trying to do is, like, introduce you to, to, to ten characters to build an ensemble cast and an hour-long drama around it. And it's just really sweet. It's a really sweet movie. It's really good. They're all great actors, of course. All the actors that are on all the TV shows and movies are all fantastic. So, well, the anyways, best, these- just, to, just to say, I mean, the best Christmas movie ever made is a made-for-TV movie. Which is called oh. The Christmas List, starring Mimi Rogers, but that's... Okay, I've never seen that. I'll have to add that to my list. 1997. You can find it usually every year around Christmas. Somebody will post the full movie on YouTube. That's the only way you can find it. Now. Sad to say. So. All right, what's okay. your number 10, then? Okay, so my number 10, <laughs> and again, I'm trying to do favorites, so a lot of it has to do with experience. Sure. And here, this is my number 10 that I put on was the Peanuts movie which came out just a few years ago. And the reason why that oh, was so I never saw was, that movie. Yeah. First of all, I thought that they did about as well as you could hope them to do in terms of coming up with a story. They rang all the old bells, like did all the old gags for, for middle-aged people like me. But, the, the, um, but they came up, they redeemed, Char- they redeemed Charles Schultz, Charlie Brown, uh, which I really liked. They didn't. They didn't go. I was afraid what they were going to do was make it really harsh, like the you know kind of that harsh, severe edge, like everybody loves now about the early Peanuts. And they didn't do that. They went sweet at the end, and they really redeemed Charlie Brown. And what I loved, uh, but the but the main thing was was that was the first movie that our daughter uh, ever went to in a theater and sat all the way through. She'd always been terrified of a movie theater, but she was such a fan of Peanuts that she sat there between us. And I mean, we barely made it to the previews. She was almost in tears because of the sound in the dark. And, but she pulled through and anyway, it was just a wonderful, you know, that's one of cool. those. Yeah. So that's my number 10. Yeah. And I did not see that. Um, my wife and daughter saw that movie together at the theater. And oddly enough, I didn't go. So. Yeah, that is kind of odd. Yeah. yeah, I know. Uh, my number nine movie is Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. Can okay. you say anything else? It's Ghostbusters. Yeah, I mean, yeah, which you and I saw together in the theater. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny for me. Uh, comedies were high up on. My, <laughs> I had a lot yeah. of comedies in my initial list. I made. I had a lot of comedies. So yeah, yeah. I mean, Ghostbusters so, just for the scene with the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Oh, it's just, amazing! It's amazing. worth the like, movie. That's the greatest reveal. Like in the theater, if you'd never, you know, I, yeah. I don't know. We might have seen it on the day that it opened, but in any event, we saw it really early. And, and I mean, that is the best reveal ever. Yeah, my and dad's it, whole joke about that movie was, his whole comment was, I can't believe they were actually catching ghosts. Like, he <laughs> thought it was all going to be like them being, you know, Flim Flam Man and something like that. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. He, that's a great, yeah, that's a great point. He's exactly right. Wow. Hey, yeah. what's your number That's nine? a really great comment about Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, I actually do, I mean, I, Unironically, I've said this before. I do think it's the best movie of our lives. I think that is. Is the it best. in your top ten? List? It actually didn't. It made it into the, like second clump because oh. I pulled in some other ones. Because I kind of, I kind of broke the rules. You know, your ten favorites can be different every day. Sure. And what I should do is do some representative and talk about. Um, yeah, no modern movies. So. So here's the one that I plugged in. This actually made it in front of Ghostbusters for a reason, which is the movie Stripes. 
Okay. Oh, I figured you might have stripes in your top ten. So. So I put stripes in the top ten for. So I, you know, I probably watched that. I've seen that movie more. I, I ultimately put it in there because the truth is, I've probably seen that movie more than any others. But here's one where, like now, like I'm actually sort of bothered the whole time I'm watching it. You know. <laughs> and so. Right. Any, that's that's one of the things. Like if it has not it, aged well. No, it does not age well. Um, and if you ever see the director's cuts, the, the full director's cut, um, the um, the scenes that got deleted, they are so for. I mean, it's it's amazing how <laughs> they made such good choices on cutting those right. scenes. <laughs> it's hard to imagine. It's hard to explain how how well they did it producing that in terms of what they chose. But in any event, okay. So that's my nine. I, my eight is, of course, Repo Man. Yeah. It, it did make the top ten. Um, to me, <clears throat> if, I, if somebody were to come to me and say, if you could pick one movie that represents, like, the way um, your generation saw the world <clears throat> in, like, the po- like, end of a Reagan era, all that stuff. Right. Like, Repo Man is that movie to me. Like it represents, okay. it it's the music, it's everything about it. Like it just represents. Um, it's nineteen eighty four, so it's a, like mid eighties take yeah. on the you know the Reagan world, and I mean right. it's right, right, right. The music is is worth the entrance to me, but I I love that movie. Yeah, and I can't if I ever see it on, I can't get away from it. So there you go. I have only seen the bits of that movie that I've seen with you. That's what I've seen. Yeah, and I so. can't. I, I mean, it's not really. I don't think it's your cup of tea that much. But right, right. I was angrier than you were. This, this <laughs> here we go. This will be the ultimate confirmation of the sentence that you just had. My eight when Harry met Sally. There you go. <laughs> hey, that's in out. my that's in my top ten comedies. Yeah. 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 And it's, uh, so that's like within like five years of probably of repo band coming out, you know, it feels like it was miles away, but I think that, Oh, we they were, were close. Yeah. 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 They were really close. But 1989, um, you're right. Five years. Yeah. I liked it from the start, but, um, I've, I've liked it, uh, over time more. And, and that one's, um, well, that's another one. You can't turn it off if you tune into it. It's, yeah, it's hard to get it. away from. I hadn't seen it in probably 10 years and it was on TV, I don't know, two months ago. And I sat and watched it to the end and I thought it was really good. Right. And uh, It has held up very well. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a very good movie. Okay. Uh, so what are we done to? Eight? No, seven. Uh, yeah, we did eight. Yeah. <clears throat> so my number seven is To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, that's a great... Actually, that should have been on my list. That's a great, yeah, of course. That's a great <laughs> and that's just... Be- yeah. To be honest with you... Um, it's 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 to me it's actually better than the book. Yeah, it's one of those I, few where I I actually like the movie better than I like the book, and they just so nail all the characters. I mean, yeah. Scout is fantastic. The girl who plays oh. Scout is amazing. Yeah, and the way Atticus, if that movie just for the scene where Jim and Scout are laying in bed talking about their mother. Oh. And Atticus is sitting out on the front porch listening. Yeah. That's just brilliant. 
Oh, it's fantastic. Like the way that whole it's, scene is shot. And then that then moves us into the whole thing where the sheriff comes sure. and all that right. stuff. So that, okay, so yeah. I would say that that movie, you know, those the book and the movie, although the movie is very true to the book. Right. And yet, they really exist in totally separate universes. I agree. They're totally, and I went back, so we read the book in high school. And then, um, and I loved it then. And then I saw the movie after that. And we may have even watched the movie in class. I can't remember. But then watched it several times, you know. And then when I was about 40, maybe younger than that, maybe 35, I decided to go back and read the book. Because I thought, you know, I kind of, I kind of like, you know, was a kid when I read it and that sort of thing. And I was stunned at how good the book is. No, the I mean, book is really good. Stunned. Like how, how it's so even better than the hype. And, um, you know, I would say by and large people that are on this earth right now in the United States, that probably would rank as like the favorite book. It feels like it did. Actually, I don't know if you saw PBS just recently did that thing about, um, favorite book. And I think it was PBS that was doing that. And, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird was the number one book. I did see parts of it, but I didn't see the end of it to see number one. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's your number seven? That's a great number seven. So, okay, what are we up to? We're up to number seven. Okay, so my number seven is, this kind of connects to the last one, but Theory of Everything, which came out just a few years ago, and it's about Stephen Hawking and his wife. Oh, yeah, Dad loves that movie. His first wife. So we saw that on our anniversary. It was an odd movie to see on our anniversary (laughs) uh, because it's about divorce, right? (laughs) Right. Everything is just, um, I mean, that that movie is about everything. It is so ambitious and... I don't, that guy, uh, Redmayne, who plays the lead, I mean, I obviously don't know anything about ALS or anything, but it's amazing how he's able to do that, and the wife is, anyway, that's, I mean, it's as good, I mean, that could have been my number one, even. I was just stunned at that movie, and it's it's so great about forgiveness and, and just sort of like being human, you know, not sure. being, not being as good as as um, not being as perfect as nature or God, you know, and that sort of thing, and then sort of, like, forgiving each other for that. I mean, right. it's it's astounding. That's an astounding movie. It, it's, um, yeah. So yeah, it's it. funny how that movie really hits with a lot of it. Dad loved that movie. I mean, it yeah. really, really connected with him. Yeah, yeah, um, great. I haven't seen it. I don't know that I will. I have a hard time nowadays watching serious movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why most of my serious movies are movies I saw years ago. Yeah, ago, yeah. Um, and most of the movies on here, are, they're all old. I mean, that's part of the yeah. problem, too. I realize I just don't watch movies that much anymore. Sure. But, except for goofy stuff. Yeah. Um, number six for me is actually an animated movie. It's okay. uh, Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh, I've never, I don't think I've ever even heard so of that. So it's a Japanese anime. It's the same guy that did Spirited Away. Um it's it's this will sound very weird it's it's the movie that when i watch that movie it just makes me think about my wife yeah yeah because kiki is a kid who um she struggles with negative stuff so when people are sort of negative toward her or she does something positive and then that leads to something negative she has a hard time dealing with that and adjusting to it. Like emotionally, it's just hard for her. 
Yeah. And uh, I don't know why, but that movie really kicks home for me. Hmm. So um, I don't know. It's, it's a great movie. It's a great kids movie. I think it's a great adult movie. I think it, it teaches you a lot about how to deal with adversity that's sort of not really adversity, but it's just kind of the way you look at the world. You know, like yeah. you see something negative in the world, you can't let that totally turn your whole life to negative, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's very good. If you haven't seen it, it's worth seeing. But. Okay. All right. I'd love to see it. Okay. Um, my number six could have been one of a couple different movies. Again, I kind of did it sort of category-ish, um, but even like within the numbers. And so I'm still kind of torn between which one of these two to choose. But I'm going to mention Fences, which is a, I think just came out last year or two years ago. Yeah. But it's Denzel Washington and Viola Davis. Did you see that? No. Again. Again. Very serious. serious. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's basically <laughs> a play that's, that's filmed. And um, right, it's based. It's literally based on a play, right? Which I think yeah. Denzel Washington got the rights to. And well, they didn't do much with it beyond that. Right, I, pretty, right. Yeah, yeah. And um, um, you know, Denzel Washington is this like, you know, um, raging, aging man, and um, but also funny and and all those sorts of things. He's just. I mean, he's astounding. He's he's amazing to watch. And um, anyway, it's great. But another movie like that that came out at basically the same. Uh, it's another bu movie that looks like a play about a bus driver. Is called Patterson. Have you ever seen that or heard of that? It's um, is that Adam. The one, is that the one about the guy that drives the bus? Drives the bus. Yeah, exactly. Again, now that's a. It's a different movie. It's a very quiet movie. I really think I almost bought you and and your wife that movie um because it's just it reminds me of like the the this is going to sound really highfalutin but who cares it's just you and me who listen to it <laughs> it reminds me of the artwork around your house it's like that sort of like um edward uh anyway it's just such a snapshot picture of this couple and their life together and you know Anyway, it's a really narrow story that they tell. It's such a small little story. They just really sell it, you know, sneak into, uh, sink into that. And it's just, I just think it's fantastic. Anyway, that's my number. That's okay. a good one. I, it seems like I remember so, Ann Hornaday talking about that on, on Kornheiser, but I may be thinking differently. Both of those movies, in truth, I have a hard time, I, I mean, after we get off this call, I'm going to think like, oh, come on, you're being ridiculous. You should have put Coal Miner's Daughter in place of those. But, <laughs> but, but the thing is, is that they're just such interesting pieces of art. They're so precious. Sure. Um, and so, anyway. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Five. Uh, five for me is Airplane. Oh, that's a great movie. <laughs> I mean, air, you could not make Airplane today. No. Um, at that's least like not, not the way they did it. Yeah. Um, but oddly enough, it has aged okay. Like it's oh, it's it's yeah. not you know you know what I mean. I mean some of the jokes you just couldn't do today, but right. it it's I don't know it's held up okay. Uh, for what it did at its time, look, there's no movie I quote more than <laughs> Airplane in my life. Yeah. You know, don't call me Shirley and right. Uh, you know, so yeah, that's. 
It's sad because I don't I don't know that unless I find a TV version of Airplane, I'll probably never watch that with my kids. But you know, I yeah. I love yeah. Airplane. It's just a great movie. And probably, um, that movie is probably like most responsible for the Simpsons. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think Airplane, for what it did, you know, Dad and I were talking about it recently, and, and the thing he was saying was, you know, for a, for a man, like for, for an adult like him, when Airplane came out, just seeing all these serious actors do comedy yeah, itself was funny, you know. Yeah, right. That's true. That's true. That was brand new. Yeah, that's right. Just seeing Leslie Nielsen do it. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and just, it's such a time... Like, it is sort of stuck in its own time. Like, yeah. I don't think kids today wouldn't get the joke. Like, they wouldn't get this joke that, no, you don't understand. They used to make all these movies yeah, right. like this that were really, really serious. And sure. So, yeah. Sure. But that's my, and that's, yeah, so that's my number five. Okay. My number five, we're going to get, I can't imagine you've seen any of my top five. And probably I haven't seen yours. I mean, they're just so, like... You know, they become your favorite for a reason. Okay, my number five is a movie called The Skeleton Twins. With uh, that one, I've uh, never even heard of. Yeah, it's a very recent movie. Um, it's uh, Kirsten Wig or Kristen Wig. I forget if it's Kirsten or Kristen, but it's uh, uh, her and John Hader. They were both on Saturday Night Live together. Yeah, um, but they play brother and sister, and. Um, Anyway, kind of like mending their relationship back together, the death of a, around the death of a parent, and and stuff like that. And um, anyway, I don't know. You really know. like all these serious movies. <laughs> well, that's a. Com- I mean, it is a comedy. I mean, it's a, you know, it's it's based on a serious thing, but they're comedians, and that's a comedy. Right. Right. But yeah, yeah. So that's my number five. That's interesting. Uh, my number four is a movie you like to make fun of. It's a room with a view. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie now. It's a great movie. The, I just was too young to watch it. I wasn't ready for that movie when I saw it. The, the book time. is amazing. Yeah. Um, if you've never seen the book, the book is, I mean, if you've never read the book, it's worth a read. Yeah. Um, it, But the movie does justice to the book. It's, yeah. It's a, it's a great movie. I love that movie. So. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a really, really pretty movie. I wish that's one of those, I guess I've only seen it on um, TV or videotape. Right. And that movie would be... Uh, oh, at the theater? Yeah. Yeah, it'd be fun to see at the theater or like, you know, with today. Like, I'm sure it's great on, like, DVD. You know, like, it, it's... Anyway, it'd be fun to watch again because for that reason. Yeah. It's a really pretty movie. Okay, my number... Uh, what are we at? Four. My number four is uh, probably... I don't know if you've made fun of it, but uh, kind of my version of that is Paper Lion. Which is um, oh, sure. yeah, which is about uh, George Plimpton, uh, played by Alan Alda, and going doing his book about uh, trying to uh, make the Detroit Lions. He he's, he's a sports writer, and he goes and and uh, tries to make the Detroit Lions football team. And um, which I saw on TV the first time on uh, KBSI, uh, the independent channel out of uh, Cape Girardeau, from when we were a kid. And uh, I've still got my original videotape of that. Well, two that things I, about uh, this is you love Alan Alda. Yeah. And I two, do. that whole story, like you always wanted to be a sports writer. I mean, it's, yeah, yes. it's perfect. Cool. Yeah. I, that, that's what I was going to say. I watch that movie now and I'm like, oh, 
That's why I made this choice in my life. That's <laughs> exactly. why I have this piece of furniture. Right. That's why I date who I've dated. Right. That's why, I mean, it's incredible yeah. how many how for, uh, for, uh, formational that movie was for me. I mean, it really did. It really kind of like set the tone of what I wanted out of life for a long time. And still do to a large. Well, it gave you a special feeling for the Detroit Lions, too. That's right, and I've always liked their helmets. Right. Yeah. Uh, my number three is a movie you wouldn't like. It's Terminator. It's, oh yeah. yeah you know yeah i've never watched it. it's yeah. the perfect sci-fi movie to me it's yeah you know it's i would rank terminator one two and three is like my three my three favorite sci-fi movies so <laughs> it's they're just i love that movie it's held up very well that's amazing you know. that they that they kept i didn't know that you were such a big fan of the sequels the, terminator 2 is very they're very different terminator is different uh-huh. The other two are more action-oriented. But I really liked, when I saw Terminator 3, which I saw at the theater with my dad and my brother, I left that saying, I think I saw it with with my brother. I can't remember now. But I left that thinking, they they perfectly closed off the three, the, the original story. Wow. Right? It's like a perfect trilogy to me. Now, a lot of people dismiss the third movie as never having existed. But, you know. We all have our own thoughts about that stuff, so. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's great. I didn't know. Yeah, I'm just glad to hear that you like the sequels. That's great. What yeah, I saw Terminator Two actually at a drive-in movie theater. Wow. So. <laughs> um, my number, we're at number three, correct? Yep. Yeah. My number three, another very recent movie called Love and Mercy. It's about Brian Wilson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's John Cusack and then another actor whose name I don't know offhand. Um, but Paul playing, Dano. Paul Dano. Yeah. 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 That's that's right. And uh, they play uh, Brian Wilson at different points in his life. Right. And um, they intermingle these two stories. It's kind of a little bit like, uh, um, oh, you know that famous Paul. Uh, oh, in any event, it's uh, they intermingle the stories. And the best thing about that, first of all, it's just a a um, neat story and the fact that he's living and can tell the story, um, that sort of thing. Um, but my favorite thing about it is, is I, I don't think I've ever seen anything that gets like creative, like depicts creativity, like him imagining those songs, those famous songs to the beach boys. Like they went all in for that. Like where they tried to like show him creating them. No, that's and cool. He, yeah, I mean it is. You that's know, hard that, to do. Oh my word! Yeah. How could you possibly even try to take that on? And they just do it over and over and over again, and show like the um, you know the Glenn Campbell people who came in and played on those things, right? Like layering in songs and like where he would hear a sound and try to bring this in, and it's just anyway, it's a really fun movie and. Um, intense but fun and anyway yeah really cool that's what i kind of wanted to see and i just i, I remember would, at one point it was on netflix i think and i for some reason i just never got around to watching it but. I, I really it's rare that i see one you know because usually you and i have pretty different tastes in movies but i'll tell you i do think that you would love this movie for that reason. so yeah. my number two movie is my favorite comedy of all time it's tampopo yeah um <laughs> i love tampopo now, that's really the one that I've made the most fun of, but just making fun of the name. Well, yeah. <laughs> but Tampopo Tampopo is the most unique movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and it's, 
it's just brilliant. I don't know how else to. It's a Japanese movie uh, made in 1985. It's the guy who wrote it and directed it was a genius. And he died very young. Mm. Um, he he went on to like his next movie was. Um, Oh, uh, what was this? His next movie was another famous one um, that got remade into, you know, other, um, like, westernized, I guess. But, yeah. Uh, no, Tampopo is just perfect. I, I don't know how else to put it. It's it's really, really, really good. And it's, um, it, there's something about it. I don't know how to explain it, but. You know, yeah. if you haven't seen it, it's worth a watch. It's a comedy. It's about a woman trying to become the perfect noodle chef um, in Japan. It's just, it's a great movie. So I don't yeah. know how else to put it. It's a really, yeah. really good movie. I think that movie, I feel like that that movie has been probably remade a lot. Like, like in the same way that when Harry Met Sally was Manhattan and Annie Hall, you know? Sure. Like, that... Um, Tampopo, my and I again. I haven't seen it, but I've just heard you describe it. But I have seen a lot of movies that I kind of feel like that were ripoffs of it, but they were pretty good. You know, like sure. There's well, a and movie, the, and the basic and, the, and and what makes it a unique movie is you've got a main character, you've got two main characters. Yeah, we follow their story through the whole movie, but throughout the movie, we have these odd jumping off points where. You know, like there's a scene where she's jogging at one point. She's training, you know, and she runs past these businessmen who are on their way into this really fancy French restaurant in Tokyo. And we leave her and we follow them into the restaurant. Okay. And so we kind of go from we'll leave her every so often and follow this other story that has nothing to do with our story. But it's all about food and culture. Yeah, the whole movie yeah. is about food and culture, and it's just brilliant. It's there's a movie called um, which is probably which is I don't think it's a great movie, but I love it. Which is called Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. That's a lot these sorts of same themes, and, and it's around food. And I kind of think that right. that might. Have been, and I actually have thought about like how you could do Eat, Drink, Man, Woman in any culture. Like you could do it. Oh in, sure, yeah, yeah. You know, well, that's an e drink man woman is a lot about a family. I mean, it's really about yeah. a family life. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay, so it's complicated. Is my number two. <laughs> this is Meryl Streep, oh, Alec yeah. Baldwin, Steve Martin. Uh, nothing. Uh, I just think that yeah, you love that movie. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that movie. And uh, you know, that's one that where. I mean, there really is only about four movies that are like this, but that is one where like I go to the all the way to the end if I run across it on TV, which. When it's on, it's on every channel, all the, you know, kind of like off-brand channels uh, for a good month and a half. And I watch it five times within six weeks. Um, but I love that. That's uh, Anyway, I just think it's, it's really hilarious and um, great to watch. And I don't know, it makes me feel rich to watch it. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that right. last part. All right, so number one for me is uh, Chariots of Fire. Oh, sure. So that's been my number one movie forever. Yeah, that's true. Oh, you know what? I can't believe I didn't guess that. I love that movie. If if people have not seen it, it's the I think it's the best movie ever made. It's nineteen eighty one. It won the Oscar. It's the best movie about a Christian. Yeah. I've ever seen. 
Um, yeah, I don't know how else to put that. It's just yeah. he's a very interesting character who's dealing with very interesting stuff. But yeah, it's, that's um, a great. Yeah, that's absolutely number it's one. It's such a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I, I came you've to seen that, that, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I came to that yeah. late. Yeah. Uh, I saw it and Amadeus both within the last 10 years. Uh, Amadeus is... I like Amadeus a lot. Um, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I expected to be your number one. Amadeus is... It's a little dark. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I can right. I can only get about halfway through Amadeus if I try to watch it. It it's yeah. it just goes down such a dark path. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's correct. You got it right. Chariots of Chariots of Fire is correct. That's your number one. <laughs> it just is. No, that's right. Well, you, you and it, it. not only does it have that thing with with Eric Little, but Abraham's is actually my favorite character, and a lot of that has to do with his. I love his relationship with his girlfriend who becomes his wife. Yeah, um, their relationship is great. Yeah, you know, they're I don't yeah. know. It's just, it's a great. Movie. Yeah, yeah, it's a great movie. All right, my number one is Crooklyn by Spike Lee. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I yeah. See, you know it, I didn't think about that, but yeah, I forgot how much you love that love, movie. Love that movie, and and in the same, I've actually I called and left a message on Spike Lee's voicemail one time about it. Um, <laughs> um, it's, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, for me, I mean, and, and you see this at the, at the HP, at the Heath Post, I'm as fascinated. I, I get, I, I should put this the other way. He's as fascinated with his childhood as much as I'm fascinated with mine. And that movie is a lot about that. Him kind of like revisiting. Well, it's all about that. It's him revisiting his childhood and in a like going back and, and looking at it as an adult, but also trying to experience it again as the child. And that's, you know, I don't know. I'm like drawn in the exact same way in that way. Um, and in addition to that, like for a long time, I used to say that, that Delroy Lindo, who plays the father in that, is probably my favorite actor. And he's certainly one of my favorite actors. I don't think that anymore because I just haven't seen him enough. But, but his performance in that movie is... is I, you know, totally believable. Um, He's a very good actor. But the main, I mean, the main thing is, is I just think it's like a really, it's such a, I mean, it is a true story. It is the story of he and his, his sister. Um, I think his sister actually wrote the screenplay. I guess I should have looked that up anyway. But um, I think she wrote the script and then he produced it. But, um, but anyway, it's the story of their lives. And, Anyway, I just I love the music. I love the the you know it's funny. It's also really sad and sweet. And now, you know, now I watch it and I'm like, you know, I have a completely different experience with it. Having a daughter and trying to imagine raising a daughter as a single dad. You know, I can't even fathom that, but you get a glimpse of it. Anyway, yeah, great movie. It's my favorite. That's funny, and I I would I didn't think about Crooklyn at all. Yeah. I should have because I, I I remember how much you loved that movie when it came yeah. out. So that's cool. That's cool. Well, what it, what it occurs to me is, is when I think about the movie, so like when you said Chariots of Fire, I immediately thought to myself, yep, that's exactly right for right. Matthew's favorite movie. And what, even when I did this for myself, like when I think of what my favorite movies are, is somebody had just asked me if I didn't sit down and actually do the list. When you first brought up the idea last week, I was going to say Coal Miner's Daughter. 
And uh, I'm surprised that wasn't in your top ten. Yeah, and it probably should be because I wanted to do the, like I wanted to mention the TV movie. I wanted to bring up some different life events. It probably is. It's probably in the top ten. But I mean, I do, there's nothing wrong with that movie. I love it. Um, and then uh, anyway, some other ones like that. But anyway, yeah, it was fun. It was fun to sit down and like actually try to make choices. I almost like kind of like. Uh, you know, just made a cloud of 10 or 15 movies and wouldn't rank them. But that's not as fun. It's more fun to put them in a list and make choices. No, no, it's fun. It is fun. It's fun to make yourself sort of choose things. I think um, Coal Miner's Daughter is a funny one because it's one that I would never think of. But it's the kind of movie that if you come into it at a certain point, you really can't turn away from it. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the movies I thought of originally when I was thinking of a top 10 list was the movie Patton because that's the way Patton mm-hmm. is for me. Oh my gosh, that's a great movie. You I know, when, think- when Patton oh, is on, if you turn into Patton at mm-hmm. the first minute, you're stuck. Yeah. yeah. For two hours, yeah. you're stuck. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you another um, movie that's like that for me. It's quite a bit different, but just military reminded me is 13 Days. Um, which is a lot more recent, but it's about the Cuban Missile Crisis with uh, Kevin Costner and oh right, right, right. I can't remember who else is in that thing, but um, it's just so gripping and um, yeah, that that was one that could have made my list. Close Encounters could have made my list. Um, that's you know probably what's my- funny about Close Encounters. I was trying to watch it again recently for some reason, and yeah. that opening scene. Um, yeah. I, yeah. That made me turn the movie off because I have a young son and I just couldn't deal with that scene. So Right, right. I can, <laughs> I can get that. I had to shut off a movie recently for a similar type of things. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how that works. So. Yeah. All right, I got to go. This is a fun. Yeah, this was good. All right, come oh, up with uh, an idea for next week. Okay, great. All right, <laughs> talk Merry to Christmas. You soon. I'll talk to you. Bye. Bye. Bye.